Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it is that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. It is sweet, sweet WrestleMania maintenance time. Oh, WWE just kicking that can down the road. Their minds are already in Dallas. You can absolutely tell that by the episode of Monday Night Raw that we saw. Some some good wrestling on the show. Banger main event. I'm never going to scoff at AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, but SP3, did, did anything, like, happen last night? Like, that matters. No, my internet went out about... 10 30 p.m and i was really praying to god not that it would come back on that it would stay off and i wouldn't have to do this show and talk about what happened on monday night raw well you can see the mindset that sp3 is in this fine <laughs> tuesday morning and hey guess what tomorrow is his favorite night of the week as we get to talk about nxt i'm i'm more entertained by nxt shenanigans and you know parodying home alone than the nothing happening show that we watched for three hours on monday yeah there were some things to like uh starting with a banger opening by kevin owens all right we'll we'll we'll, we'll dive into that today we finally have a due date we finally know when Veer gets to come to Raw. We don't get to talk about Veer too often, so let's celebrate his <laughs> let's celebrate his big moment. Uh, the Undertaker uh, flapped his gums. He's been doing a lot of media ahead of the Hall of Fame, and he said some things that drove some people nuts today. Uh, we will dive into that as well, and of course, we will talk about Seth Frickin' Rollins and Becky Lynch. Uh, because they were two of the highlights, depending on who you ask, of Monday Night Raw last night. But first things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, for whom this unnecessary show in SP3's opinion would not be possible. It is that time of the year college basketball has taken center stage with the tournament finally upon us. The Sweet 16 has arrived. If you are looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the Bracket Challenge. Hopefully you're still alive. I know I am. You have a chance to win some big prizes over at Bet Online. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B L E A V. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And SP3, uh, not a whole lot on Monday Night Raw to talk about, but it was a big Monday for us, right? For 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 this show because we have a huge week coming up next week for WrestleMania season. You're going to be holding down the fort in New York City. I'm going to be boots on the ground in Dallas, and we got a full smorgasbord of coverage for you ahead of WrestleMania 38, including a huge confirmation that we got yesterday. If you had not seen my announcement on Twitter, you know, we always like to do these big prediction shows for everything. We talked about, you know, we, we had Alex McCarthy for the Royal rumble and we got John Alba to come in for elimination chamber. And we got uh, Graham Matthews to come in for revolution. Those are all some heavy hitters in the wrestling world. Dwarfs compared to 
The special guest we got coming up, the one, the only, the fabulous Renee Paquette is going to be joining us for the most stupendous prediction show of all time next week for WrestleMania week. I am very, very excited. This is somebody that I have wanted to, uh, to converse with, to talk with. Uh, for for quite some time, SP3, you and I both big fans of Renee Paquette. So this is uh, this is going to be really cool to to do this next week for sure. We have the honor of being graced by the best uh, backstage interviewer that WWE has had since Mean Gene Okerlund, one of the best analysts that they've had in years, and a person who has a great podcast herself with the sessions with Renee Paquette. I'm very excited to have her join us for the prediction show where I am once again, going to get more predictions right than Rick, but I don't know if I'm going to get more predictions right than Renee. She is very smart and knowledgeable. And she might also have some inside information too. You know, she knows people. She knows a lot of people that, especially I don't know. I know, you know, some people inside WWE. But still, uh, look, man, this is somebody that you talk about her being a great analyst and a great wrestling mind and a great backstage interviewer. Yeah, you're right. But just as a host, right, like I could watch her uh, teach knitting videos on YouTube. All right. Like because I know that she would make it good. Uh, So I'm really excited to talk to her. Now, you might be wondering, when will this be airing on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, YouTube and actual podcast channel? Well, here's your full schedule, ladies and gentlemen. Wall to wall WrestleMania 38 coverage starting on Monday, where we'll be doing our news recap on the 28th. Then later on in that afternoon, an exclusive interview with Montez Ford. We saw uh, a little bit more of an aggressive side tonight out of him. The Street Profits kind of toeing the line there. They're right in the middle now playing this tweener role, depending on who they're throwing punches at in this feud with Alpha Academy and RK Bro. So we're going to talk to Montez Ford. That is going to drop Monday at 3 p.m. Tuesday, our Raw recap. Hopefully we have more to talk about on Tuesday next week than we do today. Wednesday will be our big stand and deliver preview. All of these, by the way, dropping at 7 a.m. The Montez Ford interview will drop at 3 p.m. And then on Thursday, SP3, Give yourselves a shout out. I'm going to be traveling to Dallas, so I will be unable to watch AEW Dynamite, but that means we have a true heel heat takeover for Thursday's show. Indeed. I I decided to switch it up last time. You know, when I was absent, you had Romeo Anthony Cologne, the the face and the ace of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I I had to get a draw for us for this one. So I got the true draw, Josh Morero, one of the best artists in the game today. And one of our contributors over on True Hill. He he's going to be joining me to review AEW Dynamite for WrestleMania week, which may in fact be like maybe the best show of that week leading up to WrestleMania. We shall see. That's not a knock on, you know, WWE's programming could be kind of, uh, but, you know, also Dynamite has been freaking crushing it lately. And then the big show Friday. April 1st, this is no April Fool's WrestleMania 38 prediction show with Renee Paquette will drop at 7 a.m. And then we're going to do something really special, SP3. We got a big two nights. Some may call it stupendous WrestleMania event. We're going live. Screw it. We'll do it live. Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that is 10 a.m., or at least I hope that is 10 a.m. for me in Dallas. We are going to go live right here on the YouTube channel. We are going to take your questions, your comments, your concerns. This is really kind of your first 
opportunity to interact with this program uh, in real time. So I'm looking forward to recapping night one and taking a look at night two. And then it's back to regular scheduled programming on Monday uh, the 4th. We will have our Believe in Pro Wrestling WrestleMania Sunday review that drops 7 a.m. Lots of great stuff coming up next week. So really looking forward to it. It is even though the build the last couple of years just hasn't quite felt like WrestleMania season, it's still Christmas time for a wrestling fan. WrestleMania, I think, is going to deliver uh, in match quality. We will see how the storylines uh, play out, and that's what we're going to dive into here. Like I said, our lead story today, SP3, is nothing. It's nothing because the Cody watch, as the Cody-verse turns, as you like to say, continues we're now 12 days out from wrestlemania 38 he's still not on the show now seth rollins is continuing his i gotta find some way shape or form to get on wrestlemania so i'm gonna start poking at everybody who's got a match and see if i can insert myself into their program even if that means i gotta face edge for a fourth time which is what we saw uh last night him going after aj styles those two got 25 minutes in the main event i have no issue with that whatsoever Obviously, Edge is going to interject and make sure that AJ Styles is his opponent because that's who he wants to fight at WrestleMania. So that's why AJ Styles got his ass whooped with a chair by Edge at the end of the night. But still no Cody. Still some limbo for Seth Rollins. I did like Rollins going kind of ballistic and, and destroying the set a little bit afterwards. But, uh, man, this is something we talked about yesterday where I said I would kind of be okay with WWE leaving Cody off of the show, but now I'm sitting here the day after and I'm going, I wish Cody was on that show last night. Adrenaline in my soul. This show desperately needed Cody Rhodes. Um, yeah, I have nothing much to say. I think that the roster will deliver on WrestleMania Saturday or on WrestleMania Sunday. I think that you know, some performers stood out more than others. We got some good promos from Kevin Owens, got a good promo from Becky Lynch, despite it being hollow as hell. We got good performances by Seth Rollins throughout the entire night. Yes. AJ Styles and him had a great main event with a not so great finish to it, but still a great match matchup. But that made sense though. Overall, both shows, Raw and SmackDown. I can say this is one of the more lackluster buildups to WrestleMania. Whereas Rick just said, this is like Christmas time for, for wrestling fans. If you're a real wrestling fan, honestly, I'm more excited for Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, because I get to see FTR versus the Briscoes for the ROH World Championship. I get to see Swerve Strickland versus Alex Zane. They just announced Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. I get to see Jonathan Gresham, the best the best uh, technical wrestler in the world and the new progress champion. First of all, we didn't talk about that on the weekend update. Jonathan Gresham is the ring of honor world champion owned by AEW president, Tony Khan. And now he owns the progress championship, which is going to be on the WWE network. So he is the forbidden door, ladies mm. and gentlemen. So, um, yeah, I don't get a chance to talk about these things, so I'm going to talk about it now because there's nothing much to talk about for Monday Night Raw. So I'm going to talk about everything else I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, Joey Joey Janela's Spring Break on Thursday of WrestleMania weekend. That show is stacked. He just announced Mickey James on the card, who's going to verse Ali Catch. You got Joey Janela, who just turned heel in GCW. He's going to be versing X Pac. Joey Janela and X Pac have been friends and tag team partners, and now they're going to have a war at Spring Break. You got the Briscoe 
Eagles versus Hate Club versus SGGC, which is going to be a death match and a lot of blood involved. So that's going to be a GCW special. You got John Moxley versus AJ Gray. AJ Gray's got the best entrance in independent wrestling because he comes out to Waka Flocka. I can't wait for Waka Flocka to perform him to the ring one day. And John Moxley's going to be back in GCW. Does he hold the title? Does he not? My daughter is up already. See, it's a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. I don't know about just being a WWE fan, though. I mean, it it, it all depends. If you're one of these hardcore wrestling fanatics like yourself, um, yeah, you know, it, it's... It, I, I can understand where it seems kind of lackluster, but again, if you're more of the casual wrestling fan, look, the say what you want, the crowd was into that show last night. There wasn't a whole lot that happened. There's not a lot of newsworthy headlines coming out of that show last night, but the crowd was into it. They loved the open. They loved the close outside of the anticlimactic finish. They were into the promo work. Yeah, there were a couple of, you know, that was, Rick, that was Chicago. Chicago's always into the show, whether it's they go into business for themselves and they want to go against what's going on or they're they're going to be into the action and they're going to be loud. And they haven't been in Chicago in a couple of months. So that crowd was going to be active and into things. But yeah, I mean, there was an asterisk with you. Always an asterisk. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. If this was if this was Tacoma, Washington, and you got that reaction, then I'd be like, yeah, you should. Yeah, the crowd was actually into the show, so I give them credit for that. But if it's Chicago, I'm not gonna be like, wow, the crowd was into it. No, Chicago's into everything. It it is interesting. Actually, it's it, it's not interesting. Interesting is not the right word. It's. Like Seth Rollins is doing tremendous work. Like, I think we can, we can agree on that. And he has really kind of carried this program, but I can't help, but, or lack of a program, really. I could I just like, I can't wrap my mind around what WWE has actually decided to do with him, which is basically nothing. They have basically decided to have him do nothing for WrestleMania season but lose, which is something that we'll dive into here when we get to uh, to the five count. But real quick, uh, we have to uh, thank our friends over at Athletic Greens, to wh which this show would not be possible as well. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it is important, SP3, to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious, delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There is only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. One scoop, one cup of water, you're done. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so here are the five big questions. Uh, after after Monday Night Raw, we will start with Seth Frickin' Rollins, who, as I said, continues to do really, really great work, but at the same time continues to do absolutely nothing. This is a guy who 
presumably will have a match with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, or at least some kind of altercation with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. But this is also one of your top superstars on Monday Night Raw who has not won a singles match since February 14th. He beat Randy Orton on an episode of Monday Night Raw. Before that, he lost to Riddle. Matter of fact, the only other singles win that he has prior to that was a disqualification win for the Universal Championship over Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Those were his last two singles wins, one over Randy Orton on Raw and another one over Roman Reigns by disqualification at the Royal Rumble. And yet, he is constantly being centered around, like the entire show was built around him tonight. It's not always about wins and losses in WWE. He still has a prominent part of the show and a huge chunk of the show. But he's constantly losing matches, and chances are he's going to end up going to WrestleMania after all of this, after this huge, long diatribe of, I got to find my way to WrestleMania, even though that Adam Pearce and Tony DeVille could just book him a damn match and, and call it done. And he's probably going to lose to Cody Rhodes. So to start off the five count here, has WWE dropped the ball with, with Seth Rollins' build to WrestleMania here at SP3? Are they actually making the best out of a bad situation, knowing that they wanted to co have Cody Rhodes against Seth Rollins, but they couldn't deliver Cody Rhodes until this late in the game? Um, I would say it's the latter. They, they're making the best out of a bad situation. Of course, they would have wanted Cody to sign up with them a lot earlier so they could have had him return, have Seth Rollins confront him, and then get that story going. But, you know, due to negotiations taking a little bit longer than what they thought, I feel they've made the best out of a bad situation despite Seth Rollins taking a bunch of losses. Although it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you have the Alpha Academy that just interfered in a match and got a match at WrestleMania and you have Shayna and Natalia who lost a three-minute match and then the very next week interfered in a match and got a match at WrestleMania. If I'm Seth Rollins, stop challenging people to matches. Just interfere in a match and you can get a match at WrestleMania. They do this with Seth Rollins a lot where it's like the rules only apply to him. They, they do this to him. They love to screw him creatively. And I think I think Seth Rollins is one of these guys that is. He's like the quintessential WWE superstar. He can take what WWE gives him whether it is a pile of gold or a pile of shit. And he can make the best out of it. He is WWE's version of MacGyver. You give him a, a paper clip, a rubber band and some firecrackers, and he's going to find a way to break into a safe. All right. Like that's just what Seth Rollins does. And he's one of the best. I would I dare. I would say of, in, in that ilk, right, he is the best WWE superstar they have in the company today because whatever they give him, he makes it work. And that is what Seth Rollins has done. Everything leading up to WrestleMania has made absolutely no sense for Seth Rollins. None of it has made any sense. But he is wildly entertaining. He is massively over, even though he's technically still a heel. People love singing the song. People love it when Seth Rollins comes out. He's cutting great promos. Everything that Seth Rollins does works. But yeah, at the end of the day, is it enough for Seth Rollins to get this prominent match for Cody with Cody Rhodes and then lose? And I think this is something that we've talked about. Yes, the spotlight is going to be there for Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That is a given. 
but what does it lead to? What is next? We focus so much on what's next for Cody Rhodes. What's next for Seth Rollins after this, if and when he does lose to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? I mean, he's going to be in the same position that he was before WrestleMania. Honestly, all these losses don't really affect him that much, especially tonight's loss by disqualification. Right. I, I, he's totally he's going to be totally fine. And honestly, I feel like he has the most interesting storyline going into WrestleMania right now. So he's in a good he's in a good place, in my opinion. And like I said, they have made the best out of a bad situation. I wish that Cody Rhodes could have been on this show a long, long time ago, and then we could have got this feud going and then been anticipating a 15-minute matchup at WrestleMania like everybody wants. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, like I said yesterday's show, I don't see that being the best thing for Cody Rhodes when he's debuting at WrestleMania. When you debut at WrestleMania, it needs to be a short win. We saw it work at WrestleMania 33 in a 10, 12 minute match, a 12 minute ladder match with the Hardys. We saw it work at WrestleMania 34 in a two minute match with The Undertaker. So I don't think this matchup is going that into 15 minutes like people wanted to. No, I don't think there's going to be a lot of matches that go that long, to be completely honest with you. We saw this at last year's WrestleMania. Two nights, 16 matches, didn't matter. Not very many went past that nine-minute mark. They just didn't. Hell, the Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental Championship, they didn't even use any of the damn drums in the match. That's how short it went. Jesus. Let's talk about Seth's significant other Big time backs Becky Lynch, who cut a really, really great promo that everybody loved, unless your name is SP3, uh, <laughs> who can only focus on, you know, one tiny little aspect of it. But I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm watching the, the character breakdown of, of Becky Lynch, and I do love the, the, the Gollum-esque, and she even made that reference. She called the title her precious, like this, this deep, dark spot where she finds herself in where she feels like and again that's a key word there uh sp3 she feels like everybody has betrayed her she feels like all she has left in the world is this championship and she's going to do anything and everything she can to hang on to it and i'm 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 listening to these words and i know how wwe operates right with all oh, the money is in the chase Bianca had her moment at last year's WrestleMania. I'm starting to put the pieces together here, and I'm sitting here going, is there actually a chance that Becky Lynch retains the women's championship at WrestleMania 38? No. Um, no. And and to your, your passive-aggressive line there, I literally asked the question on Twitter, am I the only one that's not into this whole Bianca and Becky thing because it feels hollow because the whole story is a, it's not about, oh, my pushes and, you know, Bible verses. It was a great promo. I never said it wasn't a great promo, but it feels hollow because the whole story is supposed to be the fans turned on Becky for Bianca or Becky feels like it is and no that never happened and it still hasn't happened becky was cheered when she made her entrance she was able to cut a good promo and it got a couple of boos it got a faint becky sucks chant 
but it still feels hollow. And multiple people agreed with me when I asked the question, am I the only one? Multiple people retweeted my tweet. Multiple people liked the tweet. And multiple people was like, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way, despite what I know. And I said this, I said this in the tweet as well. If you're a Becky Lynch fan like Rick, you're liking this. If you're a Bianca Belair fan, you're liking this. If you're both, you're liking this. But if you're looking at it objectively, it hasn't been a very good buildup. No, I think it has been. I think it has been. And it's look, and I, I am looking at this objectively because you're right. Becky Lynch is still getting cheered. When her music hits, she gets a loud reaction. By the way, much like Seth Rollins, he's a heel and he gets cheered. But you don't keep up the same energy for that, by the way. Um, I do. I do keep the same energy for him as well. But he's able to get some get some booze after he does a designed heel promo. Becky Lynch gets faint chance. That's it. But Seth Rollins is getting over as a babyface. Everybody and their mama can see that. I'm objective and can see that as well. And he's not playing an over-the-top you people heel character like Becky Lynch is. She is cutting designed heel promos and not getting the designed reaction. Look, you, you're focusing on the, the fans, right? You think the whole entire story is centered around, oh, well, the fans... That was that was one line in that entire promo, and that's no, all you're this, focusing no, on. This has been the story from the very beginning. The whole start of this feud and the whole start of the buildup to WrestleMania has been about that, and she said it in every single promo. You're just focusing on what she said in this particular promo and not focusing on what the bigger story is, and that's why I said, am I the only one that is, feels like this is whole hollow? John not- Alba agreed. Phil Lindsay agreed. Analysts that people respect their opinion agreed with me there. So it's not just me. Like you could try, you could try to spin it and try to make it sound like Becky Lynch is doing a great job right now, but she's doing she's doing the best with what she has, but she's a top 10 all-time babyface, and they are working harder, not smarter, by trying to get her booed. Yeah, and that's not her fault. But what I'm saying is, is this storyline is not built around the fan reaction. This story is built around jealousy. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's not. It's built, built around. around the, it is you, built you're, around you're jealousy. Basically, trying to make it something it's not because they have said it's this. This is the story from the very beginning. She said it in every single promo. You're trying to make it something that it's not. It's about jealousy. If you listen to what she said tonight. If you listen to what she said tonight, look, man. Oh, she in was this so- particular promo, so you're you're basically saying that we're not going to go finish? off of Can what I she finish? said this in every single that promo. She has been talking about for months. When Bianca, when she left, the fans went to Bianca Belair, right? She hated what Bianca Belair turned into and stole her spot while she was gone. She hated that. And by the way, do you ever stop to think that maybe delusion is part of this character? You want to know how I know that people can create problems in their mind? Because I do it every day, SP3. I live this damn life. You know that guy who thinks that all of his friends secretly hate him? That's me. Every time that we hang up, every time we we stop this recording, SP3, I feel like, especially with the reactions like you're giving me right now, I feel like I'm going to get a message the next day that says, I can't do this show anymore with you because you suck. And that's genuine, by the way, as much as you are making fun of me at this point. Delusion can be part of this story. And it's not so much the fact that the fans turned on Becky Lynch. It's the fact that when Becky Lynch came back, the fans continued to cheer for Bianca Belair. 
That is the story. That's where the jealousy, that's where all of this, okay, that's where the betrayal came from. You loved me so much when I left, and then you found the new shiny toy, and you gravitated towards that. And then when I came back, you loved the new toy still. You didn't love me anymore. And that's where the downward spiral mentally comes in their own and into her mind. If you pay attention to the promos dating all the way back, that's what this has always been about. It's always been about jealousy and staying on top, which is why she had to cheat three or four times to beat Bianca Belair. It's why she had to cheat to beat Sasha Banks. It's why she had to cheat to beat Liv Morgan. It's all about keeping the title at all costs and staying on top, no matter what it costs her of herself in and of herself. You That's do realize she about. never, she didn't cheat to beat Liv Morgan at day one. She didn't cheat to beat Sasha Banks. At she Crown grabbed Jewel. the rope. She grabbed yeah. the rope to beat Liv Morgan. She at day one. No, she didn't. She tried to put her foot on the rope and she missed. Okay. There was a botch. It was still part of it. And by the way, she had to, no, beat it Liv wasn't. Morgan. No, it wasn't. They never made that a part of the story because she didn't hit the ropes. They she tried to, they tried for it for months by doing that same roll up, grabbing the rope. She beat Charlotte and she beat Bianca one time with it. I am telling and she you, beat, she beat and she beat Live on on Raw. That's three cases of it, but yeah. it's not really the story. The story is that she feels like the fans chose Bianca over her. Feel when like they never did that. Exactly, when they never did that. Feel and like. It feels how many, hollow. How, it how feels many, hollow because dude, have WWE, you been paying attention to WWE society for the it. last two years? Just because you feel something doesn't mean it lines up with facts. You're you're penalizing Becky because she's really likable. No, I'm penalizing her because this is the same thing they always do. They blame the fans when a heel is a heel or a delusional character. It feels hollow and it's not just me. It's multiple people. And the end of the segments that she's been in, it hasn't been drawing ratings as well. So I'm not the only one that is not into this. Y'all just can't appreciate it. <laughs> don't worry, Rick. I've, I've, I've been in your same position, and I've been, I, I'm a Ronda Rousey fan, but I can admit when it's not working. It seems like Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair fans can't admit that, but it's okay. We can, we can wax okay. philosophically about WWE creative until the cows come home. But again, it's about adapting. Do you think Becky Lynch wants to go out there and say, Oh, you guys turned on me? That is clearly a WWE line. You know how I know it's a WWE line? Because they had her do the same shit back in 2018 when they were cheering the damn building for her. And if it felt hollow then, it feels hollow now, except Becky Lynch fans are more adamant about trying to spin this in a way that makes it work. I can they, look at the bigger they, picture. They basically will hang on. I can look on, at the bigger picture. They will hang on to a four-second Becky sucks chant and say, Oh no, she's getting heat. She's she a heel at the now. End of her promo. She would have let the let it go a little bit. It would have grown bigger. See, she doesn't even know how to let the fans chant Becky sucks because she's not used to being a heel. It's not working. And you're still acting like she's getting cheered out of the building, though. No, they're indifferent now. They took they took their hottest baby face and they made the fans indifferent to it. They don't know how to react to her. That's what I'll, that's all I'm trying to say is that what WWE is doing isn't working. I said what Becky Lynch has been given, she has performed it superbly, but it ain't working.
agree to disagree. Uh, the crowd was red hot for the opening of Monday Night Raw, where Kevin Owens pulled a classic fake. We've seen it recently on AEW. We've seen it happen before in WWE, but people lost their damn minds, as they always do when that glass shatters and Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down to the ring. Except it wasn't Stone Cold. It was Kevin Owens in a bald cap. And for a second, from a distance, I thought he actually shaved his head for a second. And then they actually get like close up on him. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's clearly a cap. But it was it was very tight fitting to the point where he's walking. It's kind of like you see something. It's like a mirage in the distance. Like I saw it. And I'm like, holy shit, did he shave his head? And I'm like, oh, no, thank God. All right. That would be something Kevin Owens would do, I would think. But not only did he get the crowd once with that, he got the crowd twice. Uh, with that, he started talking shit about Stone Cold and, and cutting a promo like he was Stone Cold. He was going to get his ass whooped by Kevin Owens. And then the glass shattered again. And the crowd ate it up for a second time. And of course, people are always going to go back to the classic Shawn Michaels in Montreal where he drops the Bret Hart, you know, theme song and he gets the, the crowd really going. So I'll ask you, who did it better, Kevin Owens or Shawn Michaels? Uh, Shawn Michaels 100% because Shawn did Hulk Hogan's song first and that got them to cheer and then he comes out and then he did the Bret Hart in Canada when Bret Hart hadn't been a part of the company for years so yeah it's definitely Shawn Michaels did it better but Kevin Owens was the MVP of the show. He did great work. Even even my wife laughed at it with him being out there in the in the cap and everything and doing the whole Stone Cold gimmicks. Kevin Owens been making this work and I feel like he's done a great job to kind of build to what I wish they would just promote as a match. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agree because we know these guys are going to get confrontational. It's, there's not even going to be a Kevin Owens show. Do we really think like these two guys are just going to show up and they're going to start talking? No, Stone Cold's going to come out there. and He's immediately going to jump on Kevin Owens or vice versa. So, yeah, I wish they would call this a match. Reportedly, Stone Cold is getting in really, really good shape. He's working on his cardio. He's in fantastic shape right now. So he's obviously planning on going out there and doing something. Interestingly enough, there are reports out there. Again, they're Reddit reports, so take them with a grain of salt that this is actually what's going to close night one is Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Hey, that Reddit, that Reddit user is known as a reliable inside source, and I am going to laugh that we have all wasted our time <laughs> debating if Ronda Rousey should and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair should main event over Becky and Bianca because they are the bigger stars, or should Bianca and Becky main event over Ronda and Charlotte because they have the better story, and it's gonna be Stone Cold in a damn talk show than main events. And ladies and gentlemen, go back. Go back when we originally started talking about this. When we originally started talking about Stone Cold at WrestleMania, I said this. I said this. I said it would be something WWE would do is put a 57-year-old legend in the main event of WrestleMania because they love nostalgia over women. <laughs> this should be the curtain jerker night one. That's the spot for this. That is the natural spot. You want to get the crowd riled up and hot. You open up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't put a non-match in the main event and then go, oh, well, it wasn't a match. So really, it was Becky and Bianca that closed the show. <laughs> no. Ain't how it works. God, I really hope they don't do that. Now. It has been some time to go back and answer the question. It's been some time since I've watched 
the Shawn Michaels one with, you know, Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan and all that stuff. And I remember the crowd was really, really hot and they were heated for it. And so this might be recency bias, but I think I might go with Kevin Owens just because I was I was laughing my ass off. Like I was I feel like I was more entertained watching that than than Shawn Michaels. But as far as just getting heat, yeah, I'll go with Shawn Michaels uh, on that one for sure. But you I need actually, to go back and watch it again. You actually believe the Shawn Michaels one. Like it came out of nowhere and people really believed Bret Hart was about to show up and it was just a fake out. With this one, I never believed Stone Cold was going to come out. I think some fans thought the second one they did tonight anyway, live in person. But fans are a lot smarter today, so it's a lot harder to uh uh, to trick them. All right. Number four here on the five count on a scale of one to 10 SP three. How excited are you that Veer is finally going to come on the raw after WrestleMania? We've been seeing these freaking vignettes for six months, six damn months. We've been seeing these vignettes that Veer Mahan is coming to raw, even though he was already on raw. And now he finally has a date. He's going to show up April 4th in Dallas, Texas. How excited are you? Ladies and gentlemen, you've been asking for something exciting to happen on the Raw after WrestleMania. And WWE has finally delivered it. Beer is coming. We've been waiting for this man to come. There has never been a longer lasting amount of time that you have seen a man not come after being teased of coming. This man is on the verge of blue success he is going to be the man i am at a 10 out of a 10 i'm no actually i'm at a at a 15 out of 10 for how excited i am to see veer come you know at this point wwe has done more to put this guy over than a lot of <laughs> than a lot of people who have been on television to be completely honest with you, like they have accidentally created a star by just running the same vignette over and over and over and over and over again. But part of me is expecting him to pull the Emelina. Part of me is expecting him to pull the Lacey Evans. Part of me is expecting him to pull the Grandpa Simpson where he finally shows up. He walks down the aisle and then he leaves. He just goes and that's it. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I wouldn't put it past WWE if he shows up after all of this time. He finally shows up. Maybe he has a match. Maybe he doesn't. And then he then he's not on Raw anymore. Maybe they pull the Alexa Bliss where she shows up, does a match, probably has a huge pop. I'm sure Veer is going to have a huge pop when he finally comes on Raw. And then, you know what? We're probably not going to see him after that. Yes, this is this is now entered glacier status, not even Melina. Emelina. All right, last but not least, uh, The Undertaker obviously has been making some headlines due to the fact that he's going to the Hall of Fame, so he's doing a lot of media. He did an out-of-character uh, interview with Ryan Satin. He was on a bunch of other different shows, uh, including one with uh, True Gordy, who I... I unfamiliar uh with the gentleman or group or show or, or whatever that is but uh the undertaker uh talked with him and they, they he made some comments that, that made some headlines sp3 uh talking about 
the lack of grit from today's product quote i feel like there is a level of grit that is missing from today's product i don't know if it's anybody's fault we all aged out and that new group has come up when you watch brock lesnar wrestle you're interested because you know he's got his background not only as an amateur wrestler professional wrestler mixed martial artist brock doesn't do a bunch of crazy moves brock manhandles your ass you get in there, you get thrown out, you get smashed, you know, and, and Roman has a little bit of that to him as well. When Randy Orton is in there, you know what he wants to do. He says a lot of the younger talent, it's that evolution of the comic book era, the superhero era, and I think that's their motivation and that's what inspires them. And they didn't come up and have to bust heads and bars and figure out how they were going to eat and things like that. SP3. Are you buying or selling Undertaker's comments that today's product lacks grit because those pesky kids read comic books? Could someone give this man a hug? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, this is the same stuff he said with Joe Rogan. Now I know that true, I think it's true Jordy, uh, basically veered them into this, calling this the snowflake generation and then that uh, led to homes. oh yeah that led to the undertaker kind of going in the way he does so i'm gonna buy the fact that i do believe the undertaker believes this stuff and this is who he is and this is part of the reason why i told y'all to stop asking for him to come back already um and i'm selling it that no i do think that there are guys today that have that same kind of like grit to them like when you see someone like a kenny omega in the ring anytime he hits a v trigger there is a snap to it and there is a oh you look at it and you're like that hurts <laughs> that hurts if it's gonna hit me with it because of the way he goes and he is he's kind of like also that of that generation that undertaker is also describing of the video game generation and all this stuff but kenny omega knows how to bring the violence inside the ring if you watch new japan pro wrestling that's an entire generation if you're if you viewing them as well but if he's just keeping it on the wwe level i can understand where he's coming from in a way but it's the Undertaker. At the end of the day, I just want him to get a hug so he can just stop being so bitter and upset at this generation of wrestlers. Yeah, it 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 comes off very get off my lawn, right? It it's very Clint Eastwood. Um, you know, like generation, they don't make them like they used to, you know, this kind of thing that we hear all all the damn time. Playing devil's advocate, I can kind of see what he's talking about with the, you know. Brock Lesnar is just this mauler, right? You just, he's just no nonsense. He wants to kick the shit out of people and you need those people. But having trained for a year, having been on the indie scene just a little bit, there is a lot of today's generation that wants to go out and do the crazy shit. And that's what they want to do to get over. And there are so many people who do that stuff where they want to do the cool flips and moves and they're not really into the in-ring psychology and how things work and how to the and, and put those pieces in the right spots in the match to make them make sense they just want to go out there and put on a spot fest they just want to be gym gymnasts in a wrestling ring there are people out there like that and there i think there are a lot more people who want to be that as opposed to the big you know brawler type but at the same time the undertaker has to realize wrestling's evolved into that this this is it's an evolution of the product it, it, it's not just Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan smacking the shit out of each other anymore. It is super athletes, the guys who are the size of Keith Lee, 
who can do shit the size of Sammy Guevara. Maybe that's a bad example, but you know what I'm talking about. Big, agile athletes who can do this stuff, which is why you've seen kind of cruiserweights go to the wayside a little bit. Because it's not just those guys who are doing these moves anymore. And also, yes, I think The Undertaker has a massive problem with guys playing video games as opposed to going hunting every weekend. But that's just his prerogative. I'm going to kind of push on this, to be completely honest with you. I can see things from his perspective and how he could think about that. But at the same time, he has to know things change. Things change, things evolve, and that includes the wrestling business. I just want someone to show him a tape of Walter and tell him that that's the current generation as well. So he needs to yes. keep that same energy yes. and realize that there are guys out there that do have that grit and that that mauling style to sure. them. Like if you put Volter in the ring with with Brock Lesnar, he's going to hit Brock as hard as as Brock hits him. Can't wait to see that match again, guys. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate you guys listening to all forty four minutes of this half hour podcast. Can't believe we went past 30 minutes today with as little as there is to talk. But when SP3 and I start, you know, arguing about Becky Lynch, you know, we're going to fill up at least 10 minutes. I'm happy that I got to talk about Ring of Honor and GCW on this episode here. So thank you. Thank you, WWE, for, you know, that episode of Raw. So I was able to talk about more New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Cup is going on. I saw Oromo Takahashi and Shingo Takagi this morning. That was the first time I stayed up for a New Japan Cup match. And that was great. Shingo moved on. Osprey got screwed. It was good stuff. So thank you, Raw, for having nothing to talk about. So I was able to talk about all the other wrestling in the world. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back 7 a.m. tomorrow talking about NXT. Honestly, one thing real quick. I can't believe they fed Bobby Roode to Dominic Mysterio like the night before he has a singles match with Braun Breaker. Like, hey, I'm looking forward to NXT 2.0 because at least, <laughs> at least, like, like I, I want stuff that's either like really, really good or really, really bad because it gives us something to talk about. I don't want things in the middle. This was a thumbs in the middle show for Raw. It wasn't It wasn't really over the top good. It wasn't really over the top bad. Out of everything that we didn't talk about was just really kind of boring. And that's what I don't like. That's why I'm saying that it's feeling kind of lackluster. I need them to kind of go over the top with stuff. Well, Get you know, you know, we're going to see some horniness tonight. You know, we're going to see uh, some some crimes committed in the parking lot. So that's two segments right there for us. That's what I'm here. That's for. all we root for is stuff to talk about. So get your shit together, Raw. We'll see you guys tomorrow, 7 a.m. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.